All right, let's do this thing. Uh, oh, I have to let everybody know they're being recorded. Uh, ah, thank you. I, I consent to being recorded. I don't. Oh, boy. <laughs> Too bad. Oh, damn it. That's the intro. Welcome back to the Football Community Podcast. My name is Jeff Pisco. Here's my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Um, it's the Absurdities. It's one of my favorite podcasts of the year. We're going to go over our awards, um, each one named after the person who won it the year before, which is a really easy way to do things. Um, but first, we have to talk about the championship games. Um, we do have to add uh, one more team to the NFC WAC list, unfortunately. Uh, it is Walker's Detroit Lions. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl teams, <laughs> Niners and Chiefs, more next week. But this week, let's talk about what teams need to do to take the next step. So obviously this week we'll be talking about the Texans and the Lions. The uh, Texans? The Ravens? The Ravens. The Ravens <laughs> and the Lions. Okay, I was like, there we go. I haven't watched any. I do. I got away with not watching any Ravens football. It's crazy because they played the same games as the Niners. So, yeah. Um, so let's start with the Ravens. Uh, they lose to the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs kind of held them off all game long. It was kind of a mm-hmm. pretty much straightforward domination. Um, Zay Flowers, uh, dumb guy, young guy, shit happens. So not too worried about that. But uh, Mike, what do the Ravens need to do to take the next step next year? Get a quarterback that can um, be a more of a pocket passer. Boom! <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Um, I, I think I think their biggest need is is running back. Um, when Gus Edwards is your guy, um, you're you're kind of in trouble there. So I mean, they they really much pretty much have a vacancy at running back, and that would be my my first go to. Maybe wide receiver. Maybe getting a number two or three um zay flowers i don't know if zay flowers is a wide receiver one yet um but he's definitely trending that direction um i don't think um rashad bateman um is was promising at one point in his career and now is more of a wide receiver three so yeah maybe another wide receiver as well yeah i kind of agree with the i think it's offensive weaponry is their biggest problem because you've got um, also our lads updated their, the way that they format things. So this is perfect. They actually highlight who is an unrestricted free agent. So very nice. They've got along the offense, they've got, uh, Odell Beckham, Devin DuVernay, Nelson Aguilar, JK Dobbins, Gus Edward, Dalvin Cook, all unrestricted free agents, which means going into the off season, this is what their offense looks like. Their weapons, Rashad Bateman, Zay Flowers, Tylen Wallace, uh, Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill. And of that's course not, the tight ends. Yeah, but right. that's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. And then even like, I think J.K. Dobbins' career might be over at least as an impactful player because second Achilles yeah. tear, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then Mike, you you hit it spot on. Like behind Zay Flowers, they have nothing in this wide receiver room. And that's even if uh, you know Rashad Bateman could take a step forward, and he's still not going to you know he's going to be a number three at best. Like, mm-hmm. so I think he's ideal. His ideal role is kind of like the 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 Jawan Jennings for the Niners type guy, where you're the number three, but you're so far behind the two number one and two receivers and a tight end that you're not really doing much. Um, so I think that that's a great a great call. I mean, the defense is obviously elite. 
Um, I agree with Mike that Zay Flowers, he's not quite, I wouldn't classify him as like a solid num- team's number one yet. Mm-hmm. But if they signed like a, a T Higgins, I think that he might challenge Higgins to be the number one. Like it's not like T Higgins will automatically be over him when that mm-hmm. would be true for a lot of teams, number ones. So yeah. um, I do think it's just depth along the weaponry, Mike. So um, Walker, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you can't really say defense. I mean, they did hold the, the Chiefs came out swinging, but they held the Chiefs to three points over the last three quarters of the game. That's very impressive. And I, I think that they did a fantastic job against Stroud in the divisional round as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I have to agree. The, the biggest glaring uh, issue is they need a number one slash number two wide receiver and they need. Uh, one more like solid running back you know even if they bring Edwards and or Dobbins back they need a true starting running back and one more starting receiver and I feel like that's going to be in free agency that's going to be the main objective I think they'll probably use the money that they'll save by not re-signing Patrick Queen to uh upgrade the weaponry and then they'll probably go with uh you know, Mike. It wouldn't surprise me if you if John Harbaugh was fighting his brother for Blake Corum in the draft. Oh dang! But but uh, Jim's gonna take him at like eight or wherever the Chargers pick. <laughs> Number five overall, Blake. <laughs> Number <Corm>. five, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll start with Walker on this one. Lions lose to the Niners, thirty-one to thirty-four. Uh, crazy comeback. Uh, journey play. Don't stop believing at halftime. I yelled. I am going to stop believing, and then I shouldn't have. So. Walker, what do the Lions need to do next year to take the next step? Uh, not choke in the NFC Championship game. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, that's fair. That's the, that's fair, dog. No, the, <laughs> the main thing on the roster is uh, corner. They, they need to get better at corner, a lot better. Uh, I mean, if Kendall Vildor intercepts that pass that hits him in the head, then the Lions are in the Super Bowl. So it's... It, pretty easy call. I mean, it's it's a it's a very solid roster. It's a young team that's still going to continue to get better. They're bringing the band back. I mean, uh, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn stayed that's again. That's huge. Um, so continuity will be there. They'll make improvements to the roster with the the cap space they have. But really, corner is the number one thing. I mean, if they if they don't both sign a corner in free agency and draft one in the first three rounds, I don't know what we're doing here. It's very clearly the biggest glaring need. Yeah, I think corner is a big one. I think another one, if we're talking specifically about not choking in the NFC Championship game, I know a lot of people say, oh, you need a more reliable receiver core behind Amon Ross Brown. But I think so many of those decisions that Dan Campbell made, and this is going to be kind of a little bit off the beaten path, so many of those decisions that Dan Campbell made on like fourth down, uh, going for it instead of kicking, he does. Michael Badgley is not a good kicker. Like he's no. fine. But just imagine if they had, you know, a, a, a top flight kicker back there. If they had uh, Aubrey Thomas. Is that that dude's name? Oh. Aubrey, the kicker. Oh, Bra- the... Brandon, Brandon Aubrey. Brandon Aubrey. Why do I think Aubrey Thomas? Because you have an Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas. Uh, by the way, I still fucking hate Ambry Thomas. Anyways, Not good. Uh, if they had Aubrey for the uh, for the Cowboys, the Cowboys. they're in they're in the NFC championship game right now, because I think so many of those decisions, like Dan Campbell, he's an aggressive, an aggressive coach. Like they went for, they went for it on fourth down, like right before, um, the half, which 
should it would have been a chip shot, but so many of these like no, kick- they, they kicked that one. Oh, they did kick that one. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because- uh, let's, let's be clear here. I was in a fit of rage. Yeah, you you were probably <laughs> not doing great in the first half. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember turning to my dad after the first half ended and saying, "Well, that couldn't have gone a whole lot better." Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, it went a lot worse, but I think so many of these like further out decisions where he's going for it on like fourth and two from, I think the 28, something like that. Like if you had, a, you need to stem the bleeding at that point. Cause that was when the Niners were starting to storm back, take the points. And if you had a kicker that you could rely on, you could just take the points there. So I kind of think, you know, it, it, I think kicker would be a big one to help Dan Campbell, you know, um, not have to go for it on fourth and two. And I think that he'll. He still will. I think he still will. Yeah, exactly. He still will. But I think it'll as long as it puts a second thought in his head, you know, maybe we can take the points here and, and move on. Um, then. Um, then, uh, yeah. So, all right, Mike, what do you think for the Lions? What do they need to do to take the next step in 2024? Yeah, I, I'm sort of leaning your direction was wide receiver. Um, I mean, you have Monra and then, you know, Jameson Williams is more of a deep threat kind of guy. And. You don't really have much else. Um, you're you're pretty good at tight end, so you don't have to worry about that by any means. But wide receiver and then defense, um, almost all around defense, as much safety. Um, defensive line needs a little work. Maybe another edge rusher. Um, mm-hmm. That that's that's probably what I I, I see. I was I was speaking of safety. I was thinking about Walker saying every defense needs an asshole. With C.J. Gardner Johnson waving to the 49ers and then getting uh, put in the dirt by C.J. or uh, Christian McCaffrey, he so, was really, really bad. Yeah, to talk all that that trash and then be not show up in the NFC Championship game, not great. No, um, that was that. That's going to leave a really bad taste in the mouth of the Lions brass. I, I, I think it's more likely than not that he is not a Lion next season. I, I think they're going to view him as. His leadership and his attitude is beneficial, but I think they're going to view him as too much of a wild card, too, yeah. too much of a potential liability to to trust at this point in his career, um, especially with the emergence of Ifatu Melifonwu. I, I think Melifonwu and Joseph are the two best safeties on the roster right now. And they're also the two youngest. So you go forward with those guys as your starters and you find a better, you know, a solid backup or you just keep Tracy Walker. And then you uh, you draft somebody like late day two, early day three, which will piss Lions fans off really bad if the Lions draft another safety in the third round. But <laughs> there's going to be good safeties there. Like, I mean, Cole Bishop might be available in the third round. Sione Vaki might be available in the third round. There's going to be players there, so it's. I agree with Mike definitely. There needs to be another safety. There needs to be another interior defensive lineman. There needs to be another edge rusher, and two more corners. But if they're able to make most, if not all, of those improvements, it's hard not to say that the Lions are one of the two favorites to make it to, to the Super Bowl next season out of the NFC. I mean, I I would agree. I think the the Eagles are going to take a big step down next year. I think the Cowboys are going to take a step back next year. 
Um, and of course, Walker's referring to the Lions and the Arizona Cardinals, correct, as the two favorites? <laughs> no, I was referring to your team. Oh, my team, the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Well, sounds good. Um, and there was one other thing. Um, oh, I'm very happy. Well, first of all, I'm very happy the Niners won, but I'm very happy that the Niners won so I can uh, talk shit about CJ Gardner Johnson uh, slamming into Debo Samuel without sounding like it was sour grapes. Because <laughs> he, he barely touched him. I know, but he was his intent. He put his hands up before he even I know. hit him. <laughs> I know. He's such, a, he's such a dipshit, man. Just, oh my god, he's a he's a you know. I, even though he had a bad game, I still think he's largely a good football player. But God, what a moron, man. Yeah, it was just like, come on, dude. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to take it this far, but I was I was going to say uh, the Dylan Brooks of the NFL, but he's better than Dylan Brooks. Uh, but Dylan Brooks has been all right this season. I, yeah. I think that they're more similar than you might think. But I think I just love the my favorite uh, push notification I ever got was after uh, they lost the Lakers. Was It was like Grizzlies, a brass say under no circumstances will Dylan Brooks be resigned. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, absolutely not. This guy is out of here. We're sick and tired. Oh. All right, so let's get into the absurdities. So these are our annual fantasy football awards. We've had enough space from the season to uh, let them breathe and, and figure out what we want to do. So uh, we have uh, 10 categories here. Um, they are named after the person who won the category last year. Um, the first one was named after 80s movies, which was we were far more creative back then. We were just yeah. like, now we're, now we're just like, ah, <laughs> whoever won it last year. <laughs> Make all it right easy. so let's start off first uh this is the biggest underdog that came through or the biggest sleeper who cashed uh this is the jamal williams award who won it last year so walker we'll start with you uh starting with a a, a, a homer pick here oh yeah yeah i mean th there were some pretty big time options for this one this year uh it was a very unpredictable fantasy season a lot of the options will be listed for us at other spots, and that's why I didn't go with them for this one. I actually kind of skipped this one and came back to it. But, um, yeah, I ended up going with Sam Laporta. Um, and this was big-time sleeper because a lot of people were, you know, largely correctly assuming that a rookie tight end was not going to be extremely involved in the offense. And... I, I certainly didn't think so. I think I predicted him for like a really solid rookie tight end season of like 55 for 606. Mm -hmm. And he was like just outside my top 12. And so I just didn't draft any of them. And except for uh, I drafted him in a mock draft and I wish it was a real a real rookie draft, but yeah, I Walker, drafted him. Walker going back in, in November being like, can we play this out? <laughs> I had a, well, I had a mock draft where I had him and Jaden Reed and uh, um, Marvin Mims. So it, it was, it was a good, a good rookie mock, but uh, yeah, I mean, Laporta did just about as well as you could ever do. I mean, as, as a rookie tight end, I mean, he had one of the three best rookie tight end seasons of all time. The other guys that are mentioned in that, you know, in, in that same breath are uh, Mike Ditka, Hall of Famer, uh, John Mackey, Hall of Famer. And then you're looking at like Travis Kelsey, future Hall of Famer, Rob Gronkowski, Hall of Famer. 
I mean, Jordan the, Reed, Hall of Famer. Jordan Reed Hell would yeah. have been a Hall of Famer if he didn't get hurt <laughs> oh, all the time, always. Uh, but, I mean, just fantastic players all over. And it, you could just see it all. I mean, Laporta is that guy. He, he, he has the rare ability for a big man where he catches the ball and his feet don't leave the ground, so he just keeps running. Um, yards after catch, great. He's already a willing and solid blocker, which I'm sure he'll get better at. Um, I I just, you know, fantastic player, both for fantasy and in real life. Ecstatic that he's a lion. Yeah, I was going to say, and and best of all, first and foremost, best of all, he's on Walker's favorite team. And so true. He, I'm going to talk more about him later, and I think Mike's also going to talk more about him later. So um, maybe we'll come back to the the Sam Laporta love. So, Mike, let's talk about your biggest underdog that came through that uh, Walker and I will also be talking about. At, uh, at, oh, wow, I didn't have Puka, actually. And I, I, I left him by the wayside. But Puka Nakua, your biggest underdog that came through. Yeah, I don't even know if he was drafted in redraft leagues. Um, he was. Here, here's Here's a great example. He was drafted with the final pick uh, in th- was it the last no the the first pick in the final round in my home league draft which is fourteen teams fourteen players so he was pick one eighty three hmm. so yeah there you go um, last or not at all and in in dynasty leagues he was maybe a fourth rounder mm-hmm. maybe a fifth rounder maybe not at all either. Um, so, and then he just comes on, becomes the wide receiver four overall, uh, catches 105, which I think was a rookie record, and mm-hmm. then 1,486 yards, which I also believe was a rookie record. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> Both against the Niners in week 18, and Kyle Shanahan was like, yeah, we were just trying to make sure that he played into the second half before he got his uh, awards or his records, and then left the game. <laughs> Get him out. Like, that was their whole game plan, was making him play into the second half. And um, also ran the ball quite a bit. Um, he had 12, 12 carries for 89 yards, which I believe was either second or third um, overall as far as uh, – never mind. Um, it was fifth. <laughs> that was fifth. Okay. Oh, fifth. Terrible. Uh, damn. <laughs> How bad – really bad. Just kidding. Um, and so um, he, he just – you know, overall, just a very, very good, solid player. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find where he went uh, in my well, – we, we did a start. My home league converted to a dynasty league this year, so it was a startup. So I am trying to find uh, where he went in the draft. I know he went to me. Uh, let's see. Where's the well, draft board? Draft results. There we go. He's getting there. We're getting there, folks. Uh, Nakua was – Oh man, scrolling, scrolling. He was the third to last pick in a uh, 26th round uh, dynasty league. Jesus Christ. Yeah, third or third to last round. Sorry, not third to last. Okay, so 24th round. round. Really? <laughs> yeah, 24th round in that, and he went 14th round in a. Yeah, so I mean, he he was essentially free. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Great call, Mike. Uh. So what I did, I came in last. I did all mine this morning, and I was trying to make sure I picked a unique uh, player different from who you all chose in this one. So I went with Puka Nakua's teammate, Kyron Williams, uh, round 18 pick, uh, according to underdog ADP. Uh, So maybe the biggest underdog. Uh, Finishes RB2 in fantasy points per game. 
Uh, next year, he's going to be a borderline round one running back, I think, uh, depending on what the Rams do in the offseason. But he finished the year with um, 1,114 rush yards on 228 carries. These are his raw totals in terms of ranks. 13th in carries, 24th in targets, 4th in red zone touches, 3rd in rushing yards, 3rd in total touchdowns, 11th in, in routes run, 9th in yards created, 8th in evaded tackles. And he did this in 12 games. He missed five games this year, and he was one of the best running backs in the NFL on a total yardage basis. Um, the biggest thing that made him interesting to me was that for a long time, uh, we said uh, Rams aren't going to throw to running backs. They just don't do it. They're always in the bottom three, bottom four, so you can't reliably uh, hope that they will have uh, targets. But uh, 48 targets, um, that's a good amount. It's, it was in the mid-20s. Um, there was a bunch of guys bunched up there with 48. So I could say, Hey, it was 22 or I could say, Hey, it was 27 or whatever. So, uh, mid twenties, um, which is great for a Rams running back since Todd Gurley. But the thing is too, is there's only room for him to grow next year. The Rams still threw the ball at the lowest rate to the running back this year. They threw it 12.4% of the time to the running back, 69 targets. Nice. Um, so he still has room to grow. So, um, nobody was drafting him. Like he was, he was an afterthought, despite the fact that everybody knew that Cam Akers sucked. Nobody was like, Oh, Hey, I wonder who's going to be behind Cam Akers this year. We just kind of let that all go. So, um, my guy was Puka Nakua's teammate, Kyron Williams, uh, fifth round pick in the NFL draft, 18th round pick this year. Uh, he was my biggest underdog this year. So now we have to vote on who actually wins the overall award and honestly based on the arguments i am gonna vote for kyron williams oh wow um uh, um i am also gonna vote for kyron williams mostly because uh there was no hype surrounding him in june july august on twitter where sam Laporta yeah. and puka both got hype yep that's why i went with it too kyron was complete a complete afterthought. I mean, written off. He, he's done. He's unathletic. He's no draft capital. There's no way this is going to work. And it worked. All right, Mike, what's your vote? Well, I was actually, I wrote in Kyron Williams um, for my biggest bust. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, Puka Nakua. I'm going to go with yeah. Puka Nakua. So um, I guess I'd go with Kyron Williams since Kyron um, Williams. I, I don't want to vote for my own player. Three for three, Kyron Williams. So next year will be the Kyron Williams Award for biggest sleeper that came through. Not biggest bust, like Mike said. Biggest True. sleeper. <laughs> Mike misspoke. All right. So uh, next we're going to come to the Saquon Barkley Award for the biggest comeback. Uh, last year was Saquon Barkley. This year, uh, not quite the same heights. But, uh, Mike, you wanted to talk about um, a comeback player who switched teams also this year. Yeah, uh, someone that I think surprised a lot of people and um, maybe even Tampa Bay themselves were probably. I think it little... did surprise Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think they expected this. And um, he ended up being QB 12 for fantasy purposes, which is probably his best season. Um, I didn't go back in, in his whatever seventh season or whatever he's he's been in the NFL now um, and check. But I'm, I'm guessing. QB 12 was, if not the highest, it's one of the highest. Uh, threw for over 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, only had 10 picks, which is very surprisingly low for Baker Mayfield. Um, 
rushed 62 times for 163 yards and added another touchdown. So, um, yeah, my, my, my winner is Baker Mayfield. Um, I like the Baker Mayfield call, especially because during the preseason, I was like, I kind of want to root for Baker. And I believe Walker said something along the lines of absolutely not. Oh, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, he, I might, he might be good in YOLO mode. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he, he ended up being pretty good. Um, and yeah, I, I would say I was rooting for him by the end of the season. So good for him. Good for him. All right. So I'm going to go with same position, different player. Uh, his name is uh, Joe Flacco. Ever heard of him? Uh, came off came off the couch, played only five seasons, or five seasons, played only five games uh, in the fantasy season. Um, they were all down the stretch. He played um, uh, most of his impactful games were in the playoffs. But this is what he averaged in the last five games of the season. Uh, 25 uh, completions for 323 yards, 2.6 touchdowns, and 1.6 picks. This is a... 5,494-yard, 44-touchdown pace. Uh, he <laughs> he was um, third in fantasy points. I'm sorry, second in fantasy points per game during that stretch. Tied with Dak Prescott with 20.16 fantasy points per game. So everybody was talking in the middle of the season how Dak Prescott was a league winner. Well, this dude came off the couch, came off your waiver wire, and tied with Dak Prescott in the most impactful part of the season. He also had... Um, Three 20-plus point games, uh, which was one fewer than Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, and Tua Tungo-Vailoa. It also tied him with um, uh, Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, and Joe Burrow. And uh, the bad man only had two. So mm-hmm. even on his own team, he was the better quarterback. So my comeback player of the year, a uh, guy who is going might get comeback player of the year over a player who literally died on the football field and came back to life. Uh, it's Joe Flacco. Yeah, I mean, Flacco, honestly, I didn't even quite realize how good he did at the end of the season there. Um, I, 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 I'm impressed. I mean, he, he can't, the, the interceptions were a little much, obviously, but for fantasy, I mean, he was fantastic. Um, my pick is, uh, somebody who's coming off injury. I uh, I went with Brees Hall, Jets running back. Um, Hall played seven games last season before tearing his ACL. He played every game this year, didn't miss a single one, had over 1,500 yards from scrimmage, nine touchdowns, uh, caught 76 passes, to go along with 223 attempts. So 299 touches and over 1,500 yards. So he's averaging over five yards a touch, almost scored double-digit touchdowns, uh, averaged four and a half yards a carry, coming off an ACL injury on an offense that sucks really bad. I I mean, that's basically all I've got for you. I mean, he, he's... He's really good, and I understand why you might not necessarily want to vote for him because everybody figured he was going to be good at some point. But I don't think anybody expected Brees Hall to be a top five running back this year coming Mm -hmm. off of an ACL injury. And he was one of the highest floor players in fantasy football. He he was what you wanted out of Austin Eckler. That's true. That is He is what you wanted out of Austin Eckler. So based off of, you know, 
what we have going and all that stuff, uh, the arguments and everything. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield because that was a true like comeback story. Like uh, Brees Hall, like he came back faster than we thought. Like we kind of figured he'd be back to it. He just got better faster. Um, Joe Flacco, dude came off the bench, had a hot stretch or came off the couch, got a hot stretch and then got absolutely obliterated in the playoffs. So I wouldn't call that a cool, true full comeback. So I'm going to I'm going to vote for Baker Mayfield in this one. Mike, who are you going to go with? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Brees Hall, just him coming back off that injury and finishing as an RB2. And as, as you mentioned, just a really, really bad offense is pretty amazing to me. So um, I'm going to go uh, Brees Hall. Yeah, I and obviously I'm voting for my own pick here but i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with hall as well just because i I feel like it's harder to come back from a bad injury than it is to come back from uh just playing bad and think about it this way he came back from a bad injury and had to listen to aaron Rodgers tell him how to rehab it all offseason yeah (laughs) and then aaron Rodgers immediately snaps his achilles hey man i sent you a tape of whale or of a dolphin sex sounds this should help (laughs) you just have to be like uh thanks man (laughs) cool thanks man did you check out those whales or those why did i do it again those dolphin sex sounds oh yeah man um great those are are pretty cool dude yeah they uh it helped am i feeling better are you feeling better uh yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh, not to make all of my uh, ones about the uh, Cleveland Browns, but we're going to talk about the Geno Smith Award, which was aptly named because we called it player who went from good to get great. But who will be bad again? Last yeah, year was I mean, Geno Smith. <laughs> G- yeah, Geno, uh, Geno played a lot better than his stats suggested this season, but he also was pretty much useless for fantasy football. And that's yeah. what we're talking about here. So, yeah, correct. Uh, we got it right. Yeah, my guy, it's pretty straightforward. It's David Njoku. Um, he just went on. He is the reason that Joe Flacco was so good. Uh, he finished the year fifth in uh, receptions, third in targets, sixth in receiving yards, second in touchdowns. Um, but it was almost purely with Joe Flacco. With Joe Flacco under center, he averaged 18.2 PPR points per game, uh, six catches for 78 yards. Uh, with Deshaun Watson, he averaged 8.7 PPR points per game, uh, four catches for 38 yards per game. Um, it's not that uh, he got a lot better in the second half of the season. It's that he got to a quarterback that featured him. Uh, so it's a pretty straightforward case for me that, you know, you have to get targets. And he had a decent amount of targets, six per game. That's not bad. You know, that'll be top 10 in any given year, basically. but um, you know, I heard, you know, we were talking about him like, oh, is he or folks were talking about him like, hey, is he going to be like a top six option next year? I don't think so. I think he's very easy. I think he's in the blob. And and um, it opened my eyes a lot when I was looking at him with and without Flacco. So I think he's he's in the blob. So my Geno Smith player this year is going to be David Njoku. So uh, Walker, we'll go to you. Yeah, I went with Raheem Mostert here, um, mostly because he's old. Uh, he, he's never really been bad in his career, but he was productive in a more limited role until this season when he stayed healthy all year and led the league in rushing touchdowns. Um, 
incredible performance for fantasy football. It was a huge sleeper as well. Um, I just, I, I feel like the fall off is coming soon for Mostert. And I also don't think he's the most talented running back on his own roster. So, I, you know, I, I, I think he'll probably go into next season as the nominal starter, but I can't imagine he has nearly as good a year as last year. Um, I also kind of went with Mostert because it just, it reminded me a lot of Jamal Williams season last year where uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like a guy who's been pretty solid, but just fine for his whole career, all of a sudden has an incredible fantasy season. It's to me, it's more likely than not that he falls off. I mean, considering how much of his production was in touchdowns, that makes sense. Right. Um, Mike, your guy, um, player went from good to great, but who will be bad again? Um, you'll find that he's actually a top 10 wide receiver, uh, and he gets fixed by every quarterback he goes to. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's uh, DJ Moore, who um, last year was a wide receiver 25, so that's good. Um, this year, he was a wide receiver 6. Um but a lot of that was highlighted by a lot of, not a lot of, but a few uh, great games. Um, he had eight for 230 and three touchdowns against Washington um, in week five. Um, had 131 yards and eight receptions against Denver the week before that and a touchdown. Um, 11 receptions and 114 yards. And then had one more good game um, against Atlanta, nine for 159 and a touchdown. But Outside of that, there was a lot of three for 44s, four for 55, just very, very marginal type games. And um, who who knows who's going to be the quarterback next year? Is it going to be Justin Fields? Is it going to be Caleb Williams? Is it going to be maybe someone different if they trade down? Who knows what who's going to be the quarterback next year? So that's an unstable force in it in itself. So I think um, for this year, DJ Moore. Wide receiver six probably will drop down into the twenties or thirties next year. Thirties, yeah. Wow. Wide receiver thirty-one next year. I mean, I don't hate it, Uh, especially, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think thirties, but I think like late teens or like high twenties maybe. But that's still a huge step down. So I tend to agree with you, Mike. That I, excuse me. I'm my uh, I'm too full of uh, habanero lime chips. I gave a little burp. Um, I do think that that's a great call for uh, a guy who's going to take a huge step back just because the situation around him is in such huge flux. So, um, all right, I am going to vote for Raheem Mostert uh, just because so much of his production was touchdowns. Like that was who I wanted to go in to write about, and I was like, ah, shit. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> next guy. Um. Hmm. Mike, you vote first. Uh, I'm going to go David Njoku. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Um, Such a talented, talented player who really, whether it's injuries or just lack of performance, um, really didn't really hit the the ranking sheets very well at all. And then this year he just became that guy, the guy that, you know, what was, what year is he now? Year eight, whatever. Um, Year five or eight, I'm not too sure, but... um, I'll split yeah. the difference and say year uh, six and a half. Six and oh, a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, and became that player. So I'm going to go with David Njoku. Yeah, I think I'm also going to go with Njoku. Um, he 
he's pretty, you know, I, I, I think for a while he was a little underrated as a football player because his fantasy production wasn't there, but he's now become fantasy overrated because he is, you know, he's going to go into next season as probably going to get drafted as like a top five tight end. And I just don't think you can, I, I don't think you can really justify that based on his career numbers. Exactly. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think so. And I would just like to point out in the show doc, I'm the king of typos. He's David Bajoku. Bajoku. <laughs> so uh, seven seasons. That's that's. I split the difference. Six and a half. So right on. David Bajoku. All right. That's the episode title. All righty. So let's talk about uh, the Kenneth Walker Award for Fantasy Rookie of the Year, which was previously the Najee Harris Award, uh, which was the uh, non uh Jamar Chase rookie of the year because <laughs> we were like, ah, no, nah, I can't be Jamar Chase. Yeah, that was too easy. Yeah, too easy. So, uh, Walker, you're going to start with the guy that Mike's already talked about um, as your rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah, I went with Puka Nakua. Um, I, I just felt like this is the award that most fit him. Um, just elite level player already as a rookie, fifth round pick. Just, uh, you know, super strong production all season, you know, and, and it's clearly not a, a fluke either. You watch him play and he's a beast. I mean, he's, he's a fantastic football player. He has the trust of his quarterback. It, it's he, he's just he's going to keep producing like this for a long time. And for him to be such a, you know, a, a late pick and, and perform this way on, on top of just the raw numbers, I, I think for fantasy purposes, especially, he was more impactful for fantasy than C.J. Stroud was. Now, if this was real life rookie of the year, I can definitely understand voting for Stroud. Uh, but in terms of fantasy, my apologies to Mike, but I, I think Nakua is uh, is definitely the leader. Yeah, and Puka Nakua had the 10th best fantasy points per game from a rookie wide receiver ever, so... Um, when you can, yeah, that's pretty good. So, um, Mike, let's go to, to your guy who Walker already shouted out. Yeah. CJ Stroud, um, 4,108 yards. Um, they trusted him enough to throw for nearly 500 attempts, 499 on the season, uh, 23 touchdowns. Even more remarkable is his interceptions for for rookie, which is, was only five interceptions. Um, did it on the ground a little bit as well. 39 attempts, um, three touchdowns. QB 13 on the season. You know, it's it's not like QB eight or you know 10 or whatever. So that's sort of a slight. But even for a rookie, QB 13 is is pretty pretty um, standard. Um, it's remarkable, I should say, not standard. Um, but missed a couple games, so. Uh, he could have he could have definitely been up there. Um, let's see, per game on a per game, he was what was it? C.J. Stroud per game. Where is he? Not even listed on here. C.J. Stroud um, 11. So he he would have cracked the top 12 um, on a per game basis. So that's why he's my rookie of the year. All right, very respectable. So what I did though was I looked at. <clears throat> For rookie of the year this year, the uh, amount of fancy points you needed to score to be a top 10 uh, player at your position this year. So at quarterback, it was 18 and a half. 
uh, points per game. At running back, it was 15.9. At uh, wide receiver, 16.6. At tight end, 10.4. So in the history of the NFL, seven rookie quarterbacks have had at least 18.5 fantasy points per game, including C.J. Stroud, who is number seven. Uh, he was the seventh. Um, the other six were uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, uh, Justin Herbert, RG3, Jake Delholm, and Todd Marinovich. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked at running backs, and this is why I knew I didn't have to look at running backs anymore. 62 different running backs had gotten that number. Jeez. Um, and I will read them all off right now. No, no, you. Um, <laughs> since 2010, I just want to shout out some some names. Uh, Eddie Ch- China Food Lacey. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lions legend Wes Hills, who averaged it in one game. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Trent West. Richardson, uh, Muscle Hamster, and then this year Devon Achan and uh, Jameer Gibbs both did it, but Achan had the 32nd. Best rookie season from a running back and Gibbs the 54th because it is on points per game. So that's the thing right. is that Devon Achan played like three games. It has 700 points in those three games. So um, <laughs> at wide receiver, um, it was uh, a lot. I think it was 17. I'm not going to read them all off. Uh, Puka had the 10th best, like I said. Uh, but some real uh, some real uh, 1950s ass names on here. Billy Houghton, Harlan Hill, Bill Groman, Bob Hayes. Harlan Hill. Bob Hayes. That's, who, that's yeah. who the uh, D2 Player of the Year award is named after. There you go. And there are two J. Jeffs on this list. Both Justin and John Jefferson pulled it off. Nice. Um, the most recent ones, Randy Moss, Anquan Bolton, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, Jamar Chase, Puka Nakua, and Justin Jefferson. And then I looked at tight end. Um, he, uh, Sam Laporta has had one player average more uh, fancy points per game than he did his rookie year. Uh, at tight end, of course, Walker shouted out Mike Ditka. Other guys to do it, Charlie Young, Jordan Reed, Keith Jackson, Evan Ingram, Jeremy Shockey, Robert Awok, and John Mackey. So that guy's pretty good. He has an award named after him. So it's true. Based off of that, I'm going with Samuel Laporta. Best, pro- possibly, possibly, when you consider the transition, what we think of the player, and the and how few people have done it before, possibly the best rookie season of all time for fantasy football. Is how I feel about it, because it's not like Ditka was. Um, there wasn't a lot of fantasy football when Ditka was around. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I vote first since I was the one who started this one off. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm, I'm unfortunately uh, sorry to sorry to my guy Sam Laporta, but I'm gonna stick Ooh. with Nakua. I, I just think that his the amount of fantasy points overshadows the uh, the all-time standing for Laporta just a little bit. Mike, your vote. Uh, I'm going to go Laporta, actually. I, I just I just think to be a tight end one as a rookie is... <laughs> That's true. It's just... Um, I mean, especially when no one has really done it, um, per se, in, in the modern um modern football and he just he just broke all kinds of um barriers so i'm gonna go with sam laporta all right i'm gonna hedge the winner this year of the rookie of the year is samka lakua 
<laughs> I think they're both extremely deserving. I don't think it's bad to have co-winners here. No, I I was really I was a little bit sad going into this award. I think Jeff has this is the rare case where I like completely agree with Jeff's uh not making a decision. Yeah. Uh, because I was going to be really sad if we got through this award and Nakua didn't have anything named after him after the <laughs> insane season yeah. he just had. Um, and it would have backed me into rooting for or, uh, voting for Laporta for uh, which I might still because Mike's going to talk about Laporta again later. All three of us have Laporta. <laughs> so that'll that'll show you how much we think of him is that all three of us nominated him for an award. Yeah. So, Mike, do you do you have cons- do we have consensus to split the award and give it to Samka Lakua? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, um, yeah, this should be split because I, w- I was really hedging between Puka and, and Sam. It, it, that's really a tough decision. But, um, yeah, you guys know my reason. So, yeah, to split it up is, is fair to me. Yeah. Sucks for CJ Stroud, who had a hell of a season, and it's just like, shut up, CJ. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud, he had such a better real life season than fantasy, though, because he didn't have that many touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, he, was, he only had twenty three. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the Travis Kelsey Award, which is the old fantasy MVP, which is uh, uh, flex flex guys aged 30 and above and quarterbacks aged 35 and above. And before we start, I would like to point out some guys who scarily qualify for this award. And I did not a hundred percent realize, okay. uh, Stefan Diggs, Devonte Adams, Cooper cup, George Kittle, Tyler Lockett, Darren Waller, Michael Thomas, Logan Thomas, Odell Beckham, hate crime, Higby, Michael Thomas, Devonte Parker, and Nelson Aguilar, as well as big Mac. Mo Ali Cox turned 30 this year. Wow. That's, That's a lot, lot of guys I didn't realize were 30 years or older. So that, that is a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the passage of time. You seen this? You heard about this? I think um, Kittle is the one that scared me the most. Yeah. 30. <laughs> I was like, what? He's 30. <laughs> oh, he, he, unfortunately, Jeff, he's going to start declining here pretty soon. <laughs> I know. That's why that's why it's fine. That's why the Niners will win next weekend. Whatever that game might be, they'll win next weekend and everything will be OK. All yeah. right. Mike, let's talk about your uh, old man award. Um, you're going to go with somebody that Walker already talked about as well. There's a lot of overlap in these awards. Yeah, there is. Um, and um, Walker talked about Raheem Mostert, who was an RB5 on the season, um, led the league in touchdowns with 18, four more than anybody else. Um, mm. And it, it, and it wasn't just touchdowns either. It was also uh, yards. So it wasn't like, uh, Jamal Williams from from a year ago, where it was just touchdowns, touchdowns. Um, he actually had a um, thousand yards on t- two hundred nine attempts. So he, um, in the in uh, not not exactly five, but like four point nine, four point eight um, yards per carry average, and then uh, caught twenty five passes in another three scores. So he scored twenty one touchdowns on the season. Um, at age 31 for a running back? Are you kidding me? Uh, so Raheem Mostert is is my guy. Okay. Um, I was putting together a case for a player, and then I realized it's still Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey was tied in one this year. There was a lot of talk about he was tied with Sam Laporta, so it was a little yin and yang, like, a, you know, the time is now old man sort of thing. But um, he was tied in one. 
Um, he has the second best tight end season since the merger for somebody his age or older, age 34 or older, 14.63 fancy points. He tied with Tony Gonzalez uh, on that per game. Um, since merger, since the merger, here's where his season ranked among tight ends age 34 or older. The most receiving yards. And he didn't play 17 games this year. He only played in 15. So the most receiving yards, the most yards per game, obviously. Uh, the 10th most touchdowns. The fourth most first downs. But here's the thing that gets me. His 65.6 yards per game. The number two was 58.1 yards per game. So he is just old man excellent still. He's still the tight end one this year. Uh, he, you know, I won't do the Frank thing and say that he was the biggest bust because he wasn't as good as the, you know, he wasn't that much better than the second guy. But I think the Travis Kelsey award still goes to Travis Kelsey. You know, I, I, I think the, the narrative around Travis Kelsey really hid how good he was for his age. You know, I know, look, I know the succubus took all of his powers. Uh, she, she made him bad now. Um, the, but the Travis, or I'm sorry, the Taylor Swift curse amounts to playing in the Super Bowl and having the best season ever for a player at your position at your age. So, <laughs> so is, there's the Travis very, Kelsey uh, Taylor Swift curse. It is very funny that the uh, <laughs> the argument that uh, Travis Kelsey got bad when he started dating a pop star, uh, it's just not not backed up by anything at all. No. It's backed up by, uh, I, I would like to start by saying uh, Taylor Swift shouldn't be shown on screen and then backfill from there. Right. All right. Uh, let's see. Where do we go from here? We go to Walker's guy. Yeah, I went with a, a classic football absurdity favorite. Um, Keenan Allen f- yeah. finished top 10 despite missing four games, I think. Um, really, really fantastic season for Allen. Uh, Double-digit touchdowns was the number one receiver again, despite the fact that he's in his 30s and he can't hardly run anymore, but he still somehow gets open constantly. Very, very interesting and fun player to watch. Always has been. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't actually think Keenan Allen should win this award, but (laughs) I love Keenan Allen as a player and I wanted to shout him out for his really good season here. Shout him out. I'm voting Travis Kelsey. I'm voting Raheem Mostert. Mike. Mike. Oh, man. Vote, vote for your guy, Mike. Do it. <laughs> uh, you get a winner on the board. I should get a winner on the board, huh? Because four, 0 and 4 right now. No, you got uh, one. You got... Nope, you don't have one. No, he doesn't have one. <laughs> Let's get it on there, Mike. Let's get it on there. But that, on there. that would mean me voting for my guy. You're allowed uh, to do I'll that. change my vote. Raheem Mostert. It doesn't matter go. what you think. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. It's Raheem Mostert. <laughs> Mike, what is your vote? And you can vote for your own guy. That's uh-huh. the thing. We base it purely on the argument presented. I, I think I would vote for Travis Kelsey. Uh, get out of here, loser Travis <laughs> Kelsey. All right. Um, and I would like to say, so I, I ran down the list of surprising players who made it into the club. Uh, surprising player uh, in the club, 30 years or older, Jameson Crowder. Most surprising because this is his first year in that club. It feels like he's 34. <laughs> Jameson Crowder just turned 30, and everybody's yeah. like, man, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> he's got that uh, uh, baseball player Dominican Republic uh, birth certificate thing going on. <laughs> God. All right. 
biggest bust, the Jonathan Taylor Award. Uh, so um, I put. I'm glad mystery, that's going to be changed. Yeah, I I'm, glad, mystery, glad that's I, I'm glad that's over. <laughs> mystery player. Uh, this player was QB 10 off the board, pick 806. He only played in six games. He was QB 30 in fantasy points per game behind two other quarterbacks on his team. Uh, originally, I filtered for 150 passing attempts for these numbers, uh, but he didn't make it because he only threw 105 passes. Uh, so out of 42 guys to throw at least 100 passes, he was 24th in quarterback uh, touchdown rate, 18th in pick rate. 29th in quarterback rating, 11th in sack rate, 30th in yards per attempt, 34th in yards per game, 36th in success rate. Do you guys know who this player is? Uh, I'm trying to think. He said 30th in points per game? Yeah. And played six, six games. games? Drafted his quarterback 10 off the board. 10 off, no, quarterback 10 off the board. Yeah. Okay, yeah. uh... Yeah, I'm going through my teams. Uh, uh, oh, 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 you wouldn't have oh, drafted oh. him. Yeah, I got him. Daniel Jones. Nope. Really? Not nobody here would have drafted him for reasons not having to do with football. Is it Deshaun? Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. Wow. But that's not my player because my player went 22 carries for 29 yards and a touchdown in week one, then got cut from the roster. Cam Akers is your bust of the year. Let's go. <laughs> Thank God. Nobody, I don't think enough people cared about Cam Akers. Cam Akers was a sixth round pick. Okay. I mean, yeah, but. Deshaun Watson was an eighth round pick. All right, fine. He was, uh, Cam Akers was pick 67, RB 26 off the board. Well, my guy was a first round pick. And he finished outside the top 25 running backs. Mm, is that bad? It's not good. And unfortunately, I have to do it to him. But my my boy, the podcast's boy, Austin Eckler, you were a massive bust. I mean, the fantasy community's boy, really. And he hosts a podcast with a fantasy football analyst. And it was just not his season. I mean, no. not fully healthy lost a step in terms of speed. He looked really slow out there. Um, just wasn't quite as involved in the offense as prior. Uh, it, it was just a perfect storm of the offensive coordinator didn't match his, it didn't match their scheme to his play style. He wasn't, it was clearly not the best player on the offense anymore. Um, offensive line didn't really block very well and runs up the middle. Just, Everything went wrong for Austin Eckler this season. I think he will probably do a little better in likely a new situation next year because I think they'll just play to his strengths and not make him be a number one running back anymore. But in that role that he had to play this year, he was poor. And it's the first time he's ever been poor in that role. And the fantasy production reflected it. Could you imagine being excited about the Chargers OC in the preseason? <laughs> Couldn't be me. Oh, yeah, Could definitely not. not be me. Not even we, defi we definitely weren't all in on Justin Herbert. I definitely didn't say, uh, here are my concern with the Chargers. None. All in. Woo, let's go. I'm uh, pretty sure that's a direct quote. So, Mike, <laughs> let's talk about your guy. Yeah, uh, someone that was probably drafted in the top maybe 12, 12 players finished um, – not not there, not there at all. Um, finished uh, around um, wide receiver 25, um, and that is DK Metcalf. Uh, he only caught um, 
eight touchdowns, which was which is not too bad considering. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but sixty-six receptions on uh 120 targets is not going to get it done uh and then i mean i don't think it was all dk metcalf you could also blame geno smith for this situation um so just to make it short dk metcalf is my bust of the year okay i mean both very fair options i just had to dunk on cam Akers. so yeah i think i think metcalf was disappointing to be sure. I I don't know. It's hard for me to say a thousand yards and eight touchdowns is qualifies as the biggest bust of the year. But he definitely didn't live up to his draft position. So I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I can I, I struggled a little bit with this category because um I just couldn't really find someone that was like a bust, a complete bust. Um and you I tried to Cam avoid, Akers guy? And I tried to avoid injury too. I mean, yeah, obviously exactly. like I mean, yeah. It's like with Watson, I mean, Daniel again, Daniel Jones, same thing. Like they weren't playing well and they probably would have been big time busts, but like they got hurt. So mm-hmm. I right. don't think it's fair to categorize them as such when they didn't get to play a full season. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Watson, the second guy on his team uh, that averaged more fantasy points per game than him. Obviously, one was Joe Flacco. Two was Jeff Driscoll. Driscoll. <laughs> in the I one game Driscoll. that he played. In the one game, he had 15 fantasy points. Oh, so, my God. So, all right. Uh, my vote is for Austin Schmeckler. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. I, I would have I stuck with Eckler, too. Ripping piss to Austin Eckler. All right. Uh, the Jarek McKinnon Award for Most Unlikely Fantasy Star, who could have been uh, the Geno... This could have been the Geno Smith Award, let's be clear. Player went from good to great, but who will be bad again? Because uh, oh, what yeah. happened to Jarek McKinnon this year? Absolutely. Uh, uh, for the third time, Walker, let's break down uh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, uh, it, just, you know, RB2 on the season. Fantastic player. Fan, you know, fantastic year. Came from nothing. Uh, started from the bottom. Now we here. And I, I think this is the one that shocked me more than any other. I, I, I just didn't see it coming. I didn't think a small, slow running back in a crowded backfield on a team that doesn't use the running back that much. I just didn't see a situation where he just broke out and claimed the entire backfield to himself. And yeah, you got to credit him for doing that. Yeah, I mean, yes, I already talked about him. So, Mike, let's uh, let's talk about your guy, uh, a, a player that hasn't been covered on this podcast episode. Right, 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 right. N- not not at all. Um, hasn't been covered, so this should be a surprise to everybody. Um, Sam Laporta. Uh, I I I think just just as I mentioned before, him finishing as a tight end one, um, when even the the supposed gods of tight end, uh, Kyle Pitts couldn't even come close to that um, in his rookie season and hasn't even approached that regardless of how many seasons he's played now, three or four. Um, and for him to be the number one, uh, 120 targets. And then <laughs> that's just insane. And then 86 receptions, he could bump that up a little bit. I think that's part of being a rookie, but he'll definitely bump that ratio up. 889 yards, 10, 10, 10 touchdowns. I mean, just, just the, 
I mean, and I'm talking about a rookie here, a, and not only just a rookie, but a rookie tight end. Mike's um, talking about practice. I'm Mike's talking, talking about, about practice. Rookie. Let's talk about <laughs> rookies here, rookies and practices. Um, so, yeah, Sam Laporta, definitely um, star. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to call it him a likely fantasy star considering rookie tight ends, and we right. tell everybody to shut up about him. Um, so my player, we cannot do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, so my player, I went through and I, I listed to every time uh, we mentioned him in the off season. And here are the words that we used to describe him: bad, rubbish, whack, garbo, shit, substandard, below average, inadequate, pitiful, disgraceful, god awful, atrocious, uh, the pits, almost as bad as cam Akers. Um, <laughs> We didn't actually use those terms. I just thought of as many like words for bad as I could we could use to describe Rashad White, a player that all of us were just like, this dude sucks <laughs> ass. <crap. laughs> he and is garbo. To, to be fair to us, he was he is still, still bad. really bad at running the ball this year. <laughs> yeah, really he is bad. bad. Oh my god. But but I do have to admit, very good pass catcher. Yes, finished the year 10th in fantasy points per game at running back. Finished with 1,440 total yards, uh, 64 receptions, and a cool, cool, cool 3.6 yards per game. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, my God. Top five, uh, top five fantasy running back with 3.6 yards per carry. What is this, 2002? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Rashad White, most unlikely fantasy star, mostly because he sucks. And they had to completely, like, they're like, oh, we're going to throw to the running back a million times per game. We're going to Chris give, Godwin and Mike Evans. We're going to give the guy who sucks 350 touches. <laughs> they did. And they won the division in a playoff game. Oh, yeah. God. So We're doing this. My guy is Rashad White. Oh, my God. Okay, so I... Kyron Williams already has an award named after him, so he can't win. Um, so it comes down to Laporta and White. So I'm, I have two. Either we can go with White or we can go with Laporta and just rename the other one to just Puka. So just Puka. Oh, <laughs> Walker doing award politicking here. So I. Who are you going I mean, with? Who are you going with, Walker? Uh, I'll go with Laporta. Laporta, Mike, who are you going with? Uh, since I can't vote for my player, you can. <laughs> you can, Mike. This is a rule you made up. I know it is, <laughs> but I'm sticking <laughs> to it. I have to stick to the rule I'm, I I created for myself, my regulation of myself. Um, ah, fuck it. I'm gonna go Sam Laporta. Let's Boom. go. I don't even get a. I don't even get to a say in Rashad White. Dang. All right, Sam Laporta, which means the Sam Sam Laporta. Which means the Sam Kalakua Award is now the Puka Nakua Award. All right, let's go. Now let's talk the best fantasy performer who switched teams, the Devontae Adams Award. A um, little bit of a better crop this year than last year. I, I seem to remember last year we struggled with this one. I'm trying to see. We did. Uh, TJ Hawkinson. Oh, no, no, it was actually a good crop last year. It was the year before where it was uh, Cordell Patterson, Jamal Williams, and Matthew Stafford. Were the, uh... Yikes. <laughs> last year was Hawk, Devontae Adams, and Christian McCaffrey. So it was actually a good crop last year. Um, but uh, 
best fantasy performer switch teams. Mike, we're going to start with you and the tight end position. Yeah, again, with the tight end position, Dalton Schultz from Texans, 88 targets, caught 59 passes, you know, um, 635 no. yards. I love, I love the second thing I'd say about my player. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, five touchdowns, which was pretty dang good for a tight end. Uh, third, I think, overall in that in that ranking. Uh, so he did finish as a tight end ten on the season, which isn't the the greatest. But as far as someone switching teams, you know, why not? All right, Mike with a, a full throated endorsement of his own selection. <laughs> why not? Why, why not? not? <laughs> to be fair, that was ki- that's kind of the uh, Ron DeSantis uh, campaign model. Yeah, yeah, why, not? why not? Why not Ron? Why not? Eh? Give, why give not a me? shot, huh? <laughs> and, and give that smile that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mike's slogan is Dalton Schultz. What do you have to lose? <laughs> All right, my guy, Dave Montgomery, went to Walker's Lions. This was a thread that we pulled on a lot this offseason where it was like, he's just going to go be Jamal Williams, but better. And uh, he is Jamal Williams, but better. RB15 on the year, 1,132 yards, 13 touchdowns, tied with fancy Twitter's golden boy, Bijan Robinson, for RB15 on the season. So pretty straightforward case for Dave Montgomery. Uh, lots of touchdowns, and he has a solid role in this offense that is we're going to get it to the one, and then we're going to run it down your throat. So I think he has a good chance of repeating not quite these numbers, because I think uh, Gibbs will have a bigger role next year to start the season. But I think 11 touchdowns, 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns. I think that's in the cards for David Montgomery. So best player switch teams, David Montgomery. And Walker, we ended on you. Noted Chicago Bears fan. Walker yeah, I, th- <laughs> I, I decided to throw the Chicago uh, contingent of bone here <laughs> with DJ Moore. Uh, as Mike said in his... Uh, potentially going to be bad again segment Moore had most of his production in three games he he finished in the top 10 he was not a top 10 receiver on a season-long basis but he won you multiple matchups this year and that's pretty impressive and for a category with not a whole lot of great options this year he's who I went with I mean yeah I mean that's that's pretty good. Uh, he's no David Montgomery, who has my vote. You hear me, Mike? I'm voting for my own guy. <laughs> I hear that. Mike, who are Mike? you voting for? I'm I'm going to go with David Montgomery as well. Me too. Let's go. <laughs> Clean David sweet. Montgomery, the second David to win an award this uh, this season. The first I, David to win a good one, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> the first award, not so great. Uh, so David Montgomery, your Devontae Adams Award winner. And then uh, this one, uh, the Justin Jefferson Award for Shredded Your Fantasy Competition, Fantasy MVP. My idea that I had to pick a different player than you two and starting last uh, put me in a hole here uh, because my argument for Josh Allen is um, lots of touchdowns, 44 total touchdowns. (laughs) He was the QB1. He was the QB1. He was the only quarterback over 22 fantasy points per game. Uh, He was at 23.8. He and Hertz were the only one over 20 points per game. He, Hertz, Lamar, and Dak were the only ones over 20 points per game. So by how big of a gap between him and quarterback two and the fact that he didn't really struggle that much. Like he threw a ton of picks, but he was still great for fantasy. Like I said, 44 touchdowns. 
Um, that's I had him shredding the competition, but I'm going to tell you both right now. I'm not voting for Josh Allen. So I know who you're uh, voting for. Walker, why don't you talk about <laughs> Christian McCaffrey? I will talk about Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, I got in here first. Uh, it was <laughs> I, I think there were two options this year and Mike took the other one. <laughs> so yep. rip, rip Jeff. But uh, <laughs> I McCaffrey was the RB one by like a hundred points. I mean, yeah. it, it was absurd how much better he was than every other running back in the league. If you, if you picked Christian McCaffrey or had Christian McCaffrey as a keeper, you were literally getting at least five points more per game than any other running back in the entire league. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player dominate an entire position in fantasy this badly in a season, maybe since the year that LT had 28 touchdowns. I was going to say, it's this is like classic LT LT dominance versus the RB2. Yeah, I mean, uh, Christian McCaffrey, not only the fantasy MVP, but uh, he might be the crazy-ass white boy of the year. Ooh, of the year. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, Mike, uh, who is your guy? I'm looking up that LT season to see. I'm trying to find it. Um, so Mike, who is your guy for this season? My guy is C.D. Lamb uh, and... He led the league in targets with 181 uh, receptions with 135. Uh, almost, almost beat out T- Terry Kill in yards, 50-yard difference um, over 17 games, you know, whatever. Uh, and it came one touchdown short short of Terry Kill's um, 13 touchdowns and Mike Evans' 13 touchdowns. So almost every single category um, receiving, he, he let, almost led or came very, very close. The other special thing about C.D. Lamb is the fact that he gets a lot of carries. Um, Outside of Debo Samuel's 37, um, which is just crazy, um, he got 14, uh, which was second, and 113 yards and scored two times. So even in rushing categories, we're talking about someone who's leading the league. Uh, So across the board, just a lead leaguer, league, league, leaguer, league, lead, lead, leaguer, lead, leaguer, <laughs> lead, leaguer. Uh, CD Lamb is is the guy. All right, I found the year. The year was 2006. The Iraq War rages on. 24 is the top show, I assume. Uh, a young Barack Obama gives a speech at the Democratic National Convention. You're running back one. With 349 rush attempts for 1,815 yards, <laughs> 80 targets for 56 catches and 508 yards, and 31 total touchdowns. Let's go. But Danny and Tomlinson at 29.6 PPR points per game. Oh, my God. Now, who can guess who was RB2 that year? He had 16 total touchdowns. Jeez. Uh... I mean, I have, I have, Sean Alexander. No, this was after That's Sean Alexander guess. went down, uh, like way down. He only played in ten games this year oh, okay. and was RB sixteen in points per game. All right, Mike, you guess. We'll go back and forth until we get it. Oh, jeez. Um, what year was it again? Two thousand six. Two thousand six. Jeez. Um, Mount Green. Amon Green, uh, good guess. He was RB11 on the year in points per game. Uh, I'm going to go Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes? Eh. Priest Holmes, I believe this was after the switchover to Larry Johnson, which uh, 
which might give you a hint. Oh, that that was my next guess was Larry Johnson, but <laughs> it's not Larry Johnson. Uh, hmm. six, man. <sighs> I'm trying to think who was even started. Brian Westbrook. He was. Oh, fourth. that's a good guess. Fourth, okay. So yeah, I, 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 yeah. One okay. LT, three Larry Johnson, four Brian Westbrook. We're missing this guy. Oh, okay. Frank Gore. He was fifth. Are we ready to give up? Clinton Portis. Uh, Clinton Portis was... Oops, that is this year. Clinton Portis was 12th. Okay. <sighs> Tiki give, Barber. Nope. I'll give you both a hint. There was a basketball player with this name, but not spelled the same. Yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No. There you go. But great guess, though. That's, that, I love that. That is a That's... great guess. Uh, finished his career with the New England Patriots, where he carried the ball 21 times for 50 yards. Oh, no. Jeez. <laughs> really bad. Uh, oh, God. Uh, no, he was early in his career. Corey Dillon? Nope. All right, Curtis Mike, Martin? Mike, last guess. <laughs> Also noted NBA player Corey Dillon and Curtis Martin. Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Willie I'll Brown. give I'll give you both another hint. The player that he shares his name with was involved in the Malice at the Palace for the Indiana Pacers. Stephen Jackson. Oh. Uh, no, I always he, forget about Jackson, but he was really good. Jackson, I could never forget about Jackson because, yeah, he, he played in two wow. games. <laughs> two games, great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, two games, uh, 21 carries, 50 yards. So, um, I, dude was, I, I love how he was, like, he played in two games for the Patriots, and he was like, man, I am washed. washed. I'm not doing I, this anymore. <laughs> I respect those players. I'll never – I'll respect those. And uh, Vontae Davis, I wish he'd waited till the second half. But retiring at halftime is a hell yeah, of a Yeah, just move. being like, I can't yeah. do this shit anymore, dog. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I, anyway. Uh, coach, uh, I have lost all my steps. I am out of here. <laughs> you know how when they say, you know how they say that when you're done, you'll know? Yeah, Vontae <laughs> Davis, <knew>. too. <laughs> Buddy, it's time. <laughs> all righty. Uh, so winner of this award, I'm going Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I'm writing it in. <sighs> Mike? Yeah, the real MVP, not only of fantasy, but of um, regular, se- or regular season NFL. Yeah, of course, because um, Mike, Mike, yeah, Mike will disparage Lamar Jackson to the death. Yeah. Well, honestly, even, even yeah. but um, Mike was uh, disparaging Brock Squirty there. Um, Christian McCaffrey is definitely the fantasy MVP. Yeah, the only reason I got him is because I came in here first. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it, I think it's McCaffrey for sure. It's Bark Purdy. Let's go. All right. Bark Purdy. There's a puppy in the Puppy Bowl from Sacramento named Bark, Bur- Bark Purdy. That's pretty good, to be honest. I'm, yeah. I'm not even mad at that. Yeah. All right. So our guy, there's no voting. This is just for us to uh, pr- uh, primp and preen. Uh, Walker, you get to go first. So I decided I, I didn't have the greatest year in fantasy this year. Um, my best performance was in my dynasty league. I did pretty well in Scott Fishbowl, excuse me, but, um, 
my redraft league's not great, but the one guy who kept me in it in just about every league was Travis Etienne. Uh, finished as a top five running back on the season, despite having just a weirdly dysfunctional offense around him. Bad offensive line, bad scheme, predictable play calling. And he just kept ripping off long runs. He also caught the ball, which uh, shout out uh, Kev. Thought he couldn't do that, bud. <laughs> hey, bud. What's going on, yeah. bud? Uh, but turns out he's pretty good at it. Um, and I just wanted to put ETN on here just one last time to say uh, Tank Bigsby fucking sucks. And <laughs> so bad. We were, we were incredibly right that Travis ETN was going to be the clear number one back in this in, in this offense. It was the most obvious thing you'll ever see. And very happy to be proven right about that. But haven't you seen the picture? I have seen the picture. I have seen the picture. All right, Mike, who is your guy? I didn't really have a guy, but since I am a Colts fan, my guy Mm -hmm. is Michael Pittman. And 156 targets, 109 yards. 109 Uh, yards, that's really bad. That's really bad. Yeah, that's not great, dude. No. Less than one yard per target. (laughs) Such a stud. Um, Hundred nine receptions, um, one thousand one hundred fifty-two yards. Um, touchdowns could have been better, but only four there, which is kind of surprising considering he's he's like six-two, um, and that, that we'll see if that that can improve. But my guy, uh, just someone that was just completely targeted over and over and over again, Michael Pittman. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll give both you and Jeff credit for that one. You were both saying that Pittman was going to be a really solid option this year. I was completely out and I was wrong. Yeah. So if you believed in Travis Etienne, if you believed in Michael Pittman, the season was easy for you. Nice, smooth sailing. Oh my God. No problems (laughs) at all. You didn't have to repeatedly defend yourself, but if you believed in Rasheed Rice, buddy, (laughs) did things go poorly for you for about 10 games. First 10 games of the season. Uh, 4.6 targets, 3.6 catches, 42 yards per game. But Jeff would not shut the fuck up about Rasheed Rice, about how he was the best player on the Chiefs, they just need to, or the best player in the Chiefs receiving core, and they just need to give him the goddamn football, and then he would be a good football player. Um, I called Andy Reid. I said, Big Red, man, what is going on here? Rasheed Rice is the best player in your passing game. I know Travis Kelsey, he's getting up there. You know, you can use him in the playoffs. But you need to throw the ball to Rasheed Rice. And he said, explain it again with those nuggies. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not giving you the nuggies, Andy Reid. Not until you not until you throw the ball to Rasheed Rice. <laughs> not until you give the ball to Rasheed Rice. So from week 12 through 17, nine targets, seven catches, 86 yards per game. Uh, he was wide receiver seven over the last five weeks of the year. Eighth in receptions, 10th in receiving yards, tied with Devontae Adams at 18.2 fantasy points per game. Um, Over the last five weeks, here are the players who had over 18 PPR fantasy points per game at wide receiver. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jaden Reed, weirdly. Uh, Shout out to uh, TH Fantasy and their Jaden Reed love. Devontae hey, Adams. One of my bold predictions was that Jaden Reed would outscore Quentin Johnston. That's not so bold. And Well, it was at the time. It was at the time. All right, shout yeah. out Walker. Walker, talk your shit. And then <laughs> Devontae Adams and Rasheed Rice. 
there are articles being written. Uh, is is Rasheed Rice a top 12 dynasty wide receiver? He's not, but the fact that he's in the conversation now, uh, Walker mentioned it earlier, started from the bottom, now we're here. Let's go. Rasheed Rice, my guy, my dude. Let's go. I would not shut up about him. It's true. I would like to go back to uh, who we picked as our guy last season. Oh, boy. Just because I think it's fun to look at what we did last season. Uh, Jeff went with Jalen Hurts. Which... Walker notoriously hated because uh, Walker did not have Jalen Hurts as a top five quarterback. <laughs> right. I had him I had him at six. Um, Mike went with Josh Jacobs, which, a, yeah, absolutely. Hell of a call, yeah. <laughs> really good. Um, and I went with Amon Ross St. Brown, who yeah, I said really was good be, too. Who I said was going to be uh, sooner a top five receiver in the league sooner rather than later. And uh, what did he finish this year? Was it wide receiver three? Uh, something like that. He's yeah. good, folks. He's the so sun good. god. Wide receiver five in points per game. Wide receiver three in overall points. Uh, yep. Wide receiver three. Just, I, yeah, man. I, you know. Rest in peace to the 2023 Detroit Lions, but Amon Ross St. Brown, that man will never die. <laughs> he will not allow it. Did you see, did you see, speaking of Amon Ross St. Brown, he and Baker did the Baker dance together. I did see that. That yeah. was pretty funny. I liked that. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. Um, uh, Walker with the all-time, uh, our guy came through huge for us in 20, uh, 2021, though, with uh, Jamar Chase. That guy might be pretty good. But remember, he couldn't catch footballs because the the stripes were different. Yeah, that was that was pretty much my whole point. Was just like, oh hey, uh, remember that uh, remember that you all were panicked about Jamar Chase, and I was like, uh, please stop doing this. Yeah, Mike with Deontay Johnson. Mike loves a uh, high volume. Deontay Johnson did that as well, and me with Brandon Cooks. Also, That's, another guy I wouldn't shut the fuck up about. Yeah, well, I also wouldn't shut up about him at that point. Yeah, Mike, so. Mike was uh, nodding along approvingly, but not nearly as passionate <laughs> about Brandon Cooks as we were. So, all right, that it does it for the absurdities. Uh, we will be back next week. There's one more game to the season. So, of course, we're going to start doing 2024 season previews next week. Uh, we're going to start. No, we're going to talk at the Super Bowl next week. And then by that time, by the time after the Super Bowl episode, I will have watched all my quarterbacks that I'm going to watch. So we can start talking rookies if you guys like to talk rookies. I have some takes on Caleb Williams. I would like to talk. Well, that's because that is the only player Jeff has watched. <laughs> right now, my QB1 in the draft class. Uh, hey, potentially know, subject to change. I was going to say, you know what I'll say? I think it's more likely than not that that stays the same. I do believe so. Uh, despite the fact, as we established before the episode started, not a gamer. Sorry. Fifth round. Fifth round grade on him. He cries and he had nail polish. Not a gamer. Shit's easy. All right. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts? Mike? Uh, go Michael Pittman. Walker. Uh, go Lions. Go all the teams in the Pro Bowl. Congratulations on making it to the Constellation. Let's go. I'm going to be really fucking annoying next week. Woo! <laughs>